Instagram at Dan Benjamin. Like and subscribe. I've got to say it or you won't do it. Some of you have done it. And I say thank you if you have. And who do I say thank you to more? That's right. My patrons, the people who support me and make it possible for me to do these shows. Tremendously appreciative of all you. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin if you would like to help me survive. Okay, we're going to jump right in because there's there's a big story. It's been going on for a few days and I've been uh, very speculative about whether I wanted to try and talk about this or explain it or anything. And I, I've made a decision that, yes, I think it is uh, it is good to do this. So I'm going to do my best to explain this the best that I understand it. There will be mistakes. I'll make errors and you hopefully will forgive me. So I want to get this uh, done right to show me all the blueprints. Talking about GameStop, right? Everybody's talking about GameStop, right? So look at that. One year advanced Patreon here. Eric, Eric, that, oh, that's the wrong button, but that's all right. You can see my name. How about that button instead? Yeah, that's the chat. I'm going to try and do some fun things with this screen and what I have going on up here over the next few days. Uh, so stay tuned for some amazing improvements. GameStop, though, that's what we're talking about. People have asked me, they've said, Dan, you're, you, you, you've got your finger on the pulse of the planet. What's going on? What's happening? And, and I'm here to tell you. Everybody, compl Dave, you're just trolling me. Everybody compliments me on this sweater. And I think we talked about that, Dave, and, and, and you're trolling. Uh, Market zero, next friend. That was the wrong button. Oh, it looks good on you, though. That was the right button. Everybody likes the green sweater. And I bought this thing on a lark like three years ago. Whenever I wear it, somebody shows up and says, nice sweater. It's only this sweater. What is it with this sweater? What is it with this sweater? All right. Calm down. Let me explain GameStop. This is important. People are talking about GameStop. Most people don't understand what is going on. People, stop talking about the sweater. Oh, my God. Uh, GameStop, as you probably know, is a company that sells video games and it would be in like strip malls all around the country here in the United States. I don't know if it's overseas or not. I think it is. And uh, this was a place that you would go to buy your video game on the day that it came out. And this is important because otherwise you'd be counting on a place like Amazon or someone to send it to you on time and they might not. And if you're a gamer and you're awaiting the latest, greatest game, that's like insanely important and you really desperately want to go and get that game. You're not going to wait for Amazon to deliver it at 6 p.m. at night. All your peers will have the game and they'll already have beaten the game before you even get your hands on the game. So you go to GameStop. And it's also a fun place. They have toys, they have t-shirts, they have uh, peripherals, keyboards, mice, gaming stuff. Um, but mainly it's a place that sold games. Well, uh, people aren't really going to buy games in stores uh, anyway because... They're downloadable now. Most of the games that you would have gone to a store to buy are now downloadable. So if that game comes out on the 11th, well, guess what? You're sitting at your computer at 12.01 a.m. and you hit the download button and you've got the game. So GameStop was hurting, right? And then COVID hit. So it's hurting even more. So GameStop was basically going to go out of business. Okay, now you know about GameStop. If you look at its stocks, though, over the last five or six months, the stock has gone, <laughs> it's gone up 8,000%. 8,000%. So uh, 
this story that you're hearing explains what happened. And I'm going to do my best to explain it very quickly. And then we'll get on with the rest of the news. So there is a, a hedge fund. And the hedge fund is, uh, and I'll let you research what a hedge fund is. That's easy to, to find out if you don't know. It was called Melvin Capital. Melvin Capital. That's your name, dude. I love that. I want to call something Melvin just because it's such a great name. Uh, so basically what was, what was going on inside of this, inside of this hedge fund is that um, they, okay, so, well, actually, let me take a step back and let me explain what short selling is because I think you need to understand short selling. Okay, so the traditional approach to a stock market that everybody, including all of y'all, uh, know about already is the philosophy of buy low, sell high, right? So let's say it's the mid-80s and you invest in this little company that seems like it's going to tank called Apple because the stock is so cheap and you, uh, you uh, hold on to that stock for a long time and then Steve Jobs comes back and then they come out with something called an iPod and an iMac and then eventually the iPhone and you look and you say, oh my gosh, the $10,000 of stocks that I bought back in the 80s or whatever is now I'm a millionaire. Isn't that amazing? A multimillionaire, a billionaire. And then you can sell those stocks and go and sail around the world on your boat. Okay. Well, there's also something called short selling, which is the opposite. Short selling is when you speculatively say, you know, instead of saying, I think that company is going to increase in value, you say that company is going to tank. That company is going to lose value. They might even go out of business. Well, why is that good? How can you make money on that? Well, you can. Essentially, what short sellers are doing is they're borrowing the stock, they're borrowing the stock, and then they are selling it when they think the price is high. And then as the price goes down, they are basically buying it back so that they can return the shares that they borrowed, but they're doing it at a significantly uh, a huge loss to the company, but to them, they're pocketing the difference, right? So if they sold the, the, the stock when it was at 100, and then it goes down to 50 and they're buying it back, well, they've pocketed that difference. Uh, you can see the movie Trading Places if you want a little uh, more information about that. So that's basically what people were doing with the GameStop stock in, in this hedge fund. Well, there's also something that is called a short squeeze. And this is where we're a little bit outside of what I understand about stocks. But basically, a short squeeze happens when, okay, so let's say that you were one of these people that said, I'm going to borrow the stock, I'm going to I'm gonna sell it at 100, and I'm going to buy it back when it's lower. Well, if something happens, uh, essentially, any kind of like positive news or enthusiasm about the stock or people talking about the stock, what's it going to do? It's going to make the, the price go up. So you have the potential to now start losing money. So what you need to do is you now need to either come up with the money to pay for your entire position, which is most of these guys can't do, uh, which could bankrupt the hedge fund, or uh, you have to buy more shares. But eventually there runs out of shares and you can't buy anymore. 
And that winds up bankrupting these hedge funds. And they basically, this is what's happening, right? So instead, what you had, and this all kind of centered around this Reddit group uh, called the WSB, which I think stands for Wall Street Bets. Let me look at my, my notes here. Yes, Wall Street Bets. And, uh, and so they started playing a part in this and it was driving the stock up. So all of these short sellers, Melvin and, and the other folks, were starting to basically lose money. And according to my notes uh, here, that it's some information from a place called S3 Partners, which is a financial data analysis company. They said that they think short sellers had lost $23.6 billion in GameStop this month. So it's like bankrupting these companies that we're doing there. There's nothing wrong with short selling. People don't like short selling, especially if you're the company that's being short sold because it's just bad, but it's legal. It's legal to do that. Um, but basically in this WSB group, uh, it was basically <laughs> they're trying to drive up the price and they're all making money. They're making money doing this. All these, all these people on Reddit because they're buying low and selling high the traditional way they're doing the, they're doing it the right way. So there was a quote on there that, um, that, uh, says that they, um, oh, okay. So on January 11th, um, GameStop named three new people to its board of directors. This made people get more excited. It was part of a deal with the shareholders who'd been hoping that things would change. And so the short sellers at this point are uh, start saying, whoa, this isn't what we thought was going to happen. So what do they do? They abandon their positions. They take their loss because they say, well, if we don't get out now, we'll lose, we'll lose a million dollars if we get out now. We'll lose 20 million if we wait. So we're getting out, right? Uh, so this and, and everything else that somebody put on WSB, they say it can't stop, won't stop, GameStop. On January 14th, Wolf of Wall Street, there's people saying 100% of my investments are now in GameStop. It starts going completely crazy. And then Friday happened, this last Friday. And uh, there was a huge spike. And usually when there's a spike like that, it basically means that the people who are betting against the stock, either they chose to, like I was just describing, or they were forced to give up their position and take the loss. So there's this huge spike. And then all of this stuff starts becoming popular. So listen to these numbers. GameStop shares were trading around $43, which was already a lot more than they were trading at the beginning of the year, to $380. And they became the most traded stock in the market. Now, you've probably heard me talk about Robinhood saying we're not going to be selling, uh, we're not going to be allowing people to even buy GameStop. And then AMC Theaters was the next one. If you remember, I did an article on AMC having to shut down. Well, now they're looking at, at AMC. Robinhood and some others said, you can't even trade these stocks on our application anymore. Now, Robinhood is one of many, many um, online places you could go. So you don't have to use Robinhood. You could buy it somewhere else. But Robinhood is like the choice of the people on the WSB uh, board who are, that's like, that's the one they use because it's really, really cheap. They take very, very little commission on trades and like you can just sign up and throw some money in there and they don't have to pay much on the on the commission. So that's why it was like the de facto choice for all these people to to go. Okay. So basically for all, and and here's, here's what the conversation is about on Reddit is that for years, 
regular people, me and you, feel like these hedge funds and private equity firms and wealthy investors are, they're the only ones making money in the stock market. They're the ones that get access to IPOs. They're the ones that do all of this stuff and make the real money. Why can't the regular person make the real money? So that's kind of the, I guess, stick it to the man sort of attitude that the people in WSB had. And part of why they're doing this, of course, they want to make money too. Um, but it basically feels like the, the description I read in an article earlier today that I have in my notes here says that, um, who's the person saying this, uh, Senator, oh, it's Elizabeth Warren, uh, who said, uh, for years, the same hedge funds, private equity firms, and wealthy investors dismayed by the GameStop trades have treated the stock market like their own personal casino while everyone else pays the price. And, uh, and so now they want more uh, and better regulation on this and uh, all this kind of stuff. So I, I hope that I've explained kind of what is going on here behind the scenes. And, and maybe that will help as I go through some of the other uh, news like this one. Uh, AMC GameStop stocks go wild. Reddit's insane Ponzi scheme can't last. I don't know if I would quite call it a, a, a Ponzi scheme, but I have a whole bunch of these notes here. So if you're interested in, uh, in really learning more about this, there's a deep dive. I've got one, two, three articles, four articles in here for y'all to read about it, including this last one, which is Robinhood blocking purchase of GameStop, AMC, and BlackBerry stock. Uh, you can, you have your positions, you can close your positions. You just can't buy anymore. So uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah. So they're saying in, in their, um, in the chat, they're saying that they, um, that you can't, uh, you, you can't buy anymore. And that's right. It's, it's not frozen. It's just, you just can't buy anymore, but you can still close out your position. Um, so it, pretty interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yuri says Robinhood had a stick it to the man idea too. It's called Robinhood. Yeah, and that's a big part of why it's so popular uh, with uh, with these folks. Uh, okay, now, meanwhile, the Dow itself had its uh, biggest loss since October. Uh, you know, again, look at this weird link on uh, on CNN forcing me to read this other thing. But also here, check this out: Facebook profits have jumped fifty three percent amid scrutiny, and you would think that if they were looking harder at Facebook, that it would make them say, whoa, this isn't good. But Facebook's doing like crazy. A profit of $11.2 billion in the final three months of last year, an increase of more than 50% from the prior year. Revenue rising 33% to $28 billion. And, then, and that's because they've got Facebook, they've got Instagram, they've got Messenger, they've got WhatsApp. 3.3 billion monthly active users, if you include those platforms. That's an increase of 14% year over year. Okay. So Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, quote, we had a strong end to the year as people and businesses continue to use our services during these challenging times. Come, I'm sure that's exactly what he said. Just like that too. All right, moving on. Let's talk about President Biden. There's an article here in The Guardian saying Biden killed the Keystone Pipeline. Good, but he doesn't get a climate pass just yet. This is just an article more about what we were talking about the other day. The, the Keystone XL permit, um, this overturns 
Trump's reversal of Obama's 2015 rejection of this pipeline. Uh, so that's a little bit of a tongue twister. But there are still a hundred environmental rules that President Biden is going to be looking at, reviewing, and probably all of these rules were either weakened or in some cases reversed by Trump. So basically what's happening is Biden is taking us right back where we were at the end of the Obama administration when it comes to things like the environment, just undoing all of the changes that Trump made. Okay, it is time to talk about... Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation I did not want President Biden to speak. Sir, I will let you know when it's when it's your time to speak. Uh, where? Come on, man. Yeah, that's from a listener. If you have sound bites and ISOs you want to send him, send send him in. Uh, but no, what I'm looking for is not this Does one. Look clean to you. But that's we'll use that for the coronavirus today. So uh, this is an article talking about the latest on the coronavirus pandemic and vaccines. But the specific part of it is that there were these motorists. There, did you hear about the snowstorms that are going on? Well, all of these people that were stranded in the snowstorm. Uh, they got their coronavirus vaccines. Isn't that crazy? In southwestern Oregon, the vaccine came to them under treacherous weather conditions. Um, Josephine County Public Health said their workers were returning from a mass vaccination clinic at Illinois Valley High School in Cave Junction when about 20 members of the group came stranded in the snowstorm at Hayes Hill. Uh, there were still six leftover doses of the vaccine in their possession to keep those doses from going unused before they expired. The health department said their workers went from car to car, offering people the opportunity to get the shot. You know, it's different in every state and every city. I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine, and he was saying that he's in group 1B, which means he's like going to be eligible to get it really soon. But I'm curious, has anyone listening to the show gotten it yet or been eligible to get it? And uh, And if so... Um, I'm curious to hear a little more about how you did that. Um, I think that would be, um, that would be really interesting for me to hear because I know that if, you know, if I wanted to go get it, uh, that I wouldn't be able to, uh, so someone said something in this chat. I'm sorry that I have to scroll to look at it. I missed it, uh, as it flew by. Oh, well, I'll have to look at it later. Sorry. I try. I try. Okay. Now look at this gigantic ad on this site. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, one of the things that I can say has changed for me because of COVID is I, I've always, in, now there's, uh, let me take a step back. I have always enjoyed, uh, I have always enjoyed football ever since I was a little kid. As I grew up and became an adult and learned more about the kinds of injuries, especially head injuries that these players get. It's made it harder and harder for me to enjoy the game. Uh, I think it's a great game, but seeing these young men going and playing and getting, is it CTE? Is that the, the name of the um, problems that, that they develop? It's really horrible what happens to, to these guys. I'm not just talking about, you know, like an ACL tear or something like that. I'm talking about permanent cognitive impairment. And knowing that that's a risk and knowing that that's a problem really stresses me out and it, I don't enjoy watching it as much. I mean, I always have baseball, thank goodness, because I love baseball, but I, I have been a football fan as well. I feel like in combination with knowing that about, uh, about CTE, hope I'm, my 
saying that right, guys? CTE? Is that, is that what it's called? Uh, that I've kind of not been into it as much. And now then when COVID hit, I don't know what happened, but like I barely watched any football. This is the least football that I have watched in my life in, in 2019, 2020, uh, or 2020 specifically rather. But even in 2019, I was watching less. And I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's weird. So it, there are changes all across the industry. I'm not the only one who's feeling this, but the Super Bowl this year is going to be in Tampa, right? And they have these mask ordinances in place. And I was curious, I actually researched this and found an article which was talking about what they're going to be letting these people do. And so it basically says, quote, we're passing an additional mask order that will require masks outdoors in those areas that we expect will be densely populated with Super Bowl fans. So what the implication is that, yeah, you can go to Tampa and you can get tickets and you can go and watch the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't know. Does that seem smart to you? Does that seem like a good idea that we would let people go and go to these kinds of games? I, I don't know. That doesn't seem smart to me. So, you know, the mass exodus from, uh, from WhatsApp, right? Uh, even though they decided that they weren't going to actually be implementing those privacy and security changes and sharing data with Facebook. And they said, well, no, 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 it was only for businesses. It wasn't for just, and then they're like, well, no, we're actually going to hold back on that too. Right? Well, people are still leaving, uh, in, in droves away from WhatsApp and they're going to signal and they're going to telegram, both of which I've used for a long time because they're more secure. They're more secure. Even I believe than Apple's regular messages app um, and is certainly more secure than SMS. And you say, well, who cares about security? What do I care? Well, you should care. You should care. Do you want the things that you say, even if it's like, honey, I'll be home at uh, seven tonight. I've got a late meeting. Who cares? Do you want that stuff out? You know, you probably don't. So use a more secure app, at least use messages. Don't use SMS directly if you can avoid it. But Telegram has come up with a neat uh, thing that lets you import your chat history from WhatsApp. So you're not going to lose all of your old conversations if you decide to switch to the app. But what's weird is this release came out and then they immediately pulled it and had a new release that removed all mention of this. But there is a site called WA Beta Info um, that was the first to, to notice this feature and got to play around with it. And it says users have to export individual WhatsApp chats using the WhatsApp export chat option, then select Telegram from the actions menu and it imports. So if this is Im important to you, then uh, lo and behold, you can do that. I hope that makes your life a little bit easier. And speaking of making your life easier, yes, it's time for our sponsor because not enough of you support the show on Patreon. So let me tell you about our sponsor today. Our sponsor is LinkedIn Talent Solutions 2021. You know what? It's already better than 2020, isn't it? It is. And uh, new beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding some new team members, you want to hire someone, you're in good shape, ready to grow the business. It's exciting. Well, guess what? LinkedIn Jobs finds the right person quickly. And to make things better, your first job post is going to be free. I have used LinkedIn talent uh, 
what what's called talent solutions. They also call it LinkedIn jobs. I don't care what you call it. Just go and use it because it's amazing. Basically, you go there and in one simple, easy to use platform, in one place, on one screen, you get to see a list of all of your applicants. You get to see everybody right there, right in one place. And there's a little thing you can check and say, yeah, this person looks good or, oh, this, this person is a maybe or no. And you can do that all in one place. And as all the new applicants come in, they're all right there. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It, it, it couldn't be simpler. And because LinkedIn already has like everybody on it, especially I've noticed this during the COVID times, so many people are on LinkedIn now. It has become a full-fledged, very robust social network focused around business and networking and sharing and, and encouraging people and learning about new skills and finding jobs. It's really, really amazing. 722 million members worldwide. And you can target your screening questions really, really well so that instead of having someone who... Like, oh, you know what? This is a job in Austin. You got to be in Austin. You can put that right there so they see it and they have to answer the question, are you in Austin? It weeds out so, so many applicants that don't fit your job. It's really wonderful. And that's just one example. I just made that one up. It's not just about location. It could be skills. It could be interests. It could be a lot of other things. Uh, and they're already there. They're already on LinkedIn.com. Now the URL, it says quit. That's okay. It's okay. It's still me. It's still supporting the show. You're going to go to LinkedIn com slash quit q u i t linkedin.com slash quit it's okay still go work it still supports the show and it still gets you your free job posting your first one free take advantage of this it's a really great service thanks very much to linkedin talent solutions for making the show possible and now some more news that i want to tell you about this is important this is news. Remember when I said the other day that news is going to get a lot more boring? Remember when I said that? Okay. This is, this is case in point. Not that this isn't an interesting story. An Australian man has survived a crocodile attack by... And the word that they have here, because this is in Australia, which is, you know, the UK. I guess, prizing, prizing Jaws off his head. Prizing, P-R-I-S-I-N-G. So I had to, uh, yes, yes. When you look this up, prize says use force in order to move, move apart or open something. I would have said pry here in the States, right? A.F. Waller says prying. Yes, prying. Australian man survives crocodile attack by prying jaws off his head. This is not, I don't believe, the crocodile, but he was 44 years old. He was swimming in Lake Placid in Queensland. If, if, if naming a lake something like Lake Placid doesn't make you want to swim in it, I don't know what does. If it's called Lake Placid, that's where I'm going to go to swim. But apparently, don't do that because there are saltwater crocodiles and this one was six and a half feet long and they live in this lake. So they're saying, don't, don't swim in it. But what happened was he, he said, quote, what he said to us was that a crocodile had bitten his hand, his head. And in his effort to remove the jaws of the crocodile, he put his hands in to try and pry the jaws apart. In the process of trying to remove his hands, the jaw snapped shut on his forefinger. 
Next story. Uh, there is this autographed Tom Brady Patriots rookie card just sold for $556,000. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. So what? I think it's a lot of money. That's what. It, they're calling it the single most important modern football card ever produced. It was in perfect condition. <laughs> Who's going to pay for this? Now, when it came out and hit the market in 2012, it was worth only $5,000. But it is a PSA 10 gem mint condition rating. That says it's one of the newest Brady cards ever to hit the market. It was amazing. And now half a million dollars. And they say that because Brady is just one win away from his seventh Super Bowl ring, and he's widely known as the top quarterback of all time. The value of the card is going to increase. So before you scoff at half a million dollars for a football card, it's just going to go up in value. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh, time to talk about aliens. Odd lights spotted in North Carolina sky prompt several theories. The strange lights are seen floating over the state's Indian trail community. A mysterious light cluster was spotted in the night sky near Charlotte, North Carolina over the weekend, leading to a debate on social media over the possibility, possible presence, presence <laughs> of UFOs in the area. So there were some lights. And uh, there's no pictures, nothing like that, except this one, which, what, what, can you, what can you see from this? What can you see from this? Nothing. Bubkiss. Nada. Zilch. Zed. Nil. Doesn't show me anything. Now, do I think this was a hoax or something? No. But it was some blue lights. People thought it was odd. A lot of people saw it. There was a grouping. It moved around. Does anyone say anything? No. No. We're not going to learn anything about this. But there you go. Can you tell that I'm bummed about this whole UFO topic? I have a show coming out on this. It's going to be called Out. It's called Out There. And uh, I don't want to say too much else about it. Poland has uh, begun to enforce a controversial near total abortion ban and people are rioting about it. it there, there was a ruling that came out in October that said abortion would only be allowed in cases of rape or incest or when the pregnancy threatens the life of the mother. But the majority of Polish people uh, oppose the ban and they went and started uh, protesting it in the streets. And uh, it says that in 2019, 98% of abortions were carried out on the grounds of uh, severe, irreversible fetal abnormalities. Um, they were saying that there was some fudging about that when people tried to do it, but they were waving these flags and the flags were saying, um, you know, free choice, not terror. So it's interesting. Uh, here's a quote from a protester, Gabriella Stepniak. That's your name, dude. Yeah. Uh, who said, I want us to have our basic rights, the right to decide about our bodies, the right to decide what we want to do and if we want to bear children and in what circumstances to have children. Um, you know, uh, this is one of those topics, a lot like politics, where you, you have people with very, very strong opinions on either side of this issue. Um, it's, it's really tough to say. And I, I find myself being empathetic to both sides and it's really hard to say, but 
this is one of those issues where anytime a law is passed, you get a very dramatic response to it. And that's what's going on uh, here in, uh, in, in Poland. Uh, but the, the downside of this is that uh, an estimated 200,000 women are having abortions illegally or traveling abroad for the procedure or doing it themselves or doing it in an environment or a situation that is um, dangerous for them and for the health, their health. Uh, and so the, the tough situation is like, it's almost the same as should condoms be given out in universities. People would say, well, that's encouraging people to have sex. At the same time, you're saying, well, they're going to do it anyway. Maybe we're preventing unwanted pregnancies. I can see both sides. So I don't get in the middle of these things. I just report them for you guys. Um, speaking of this, remember how we were talking uh, a couple of days ago about how um, how Biden had changed up this leasing plan? Well, Wyoming County is predicting total economic devastation from this leasing ban. Probably an un unintended consequence of this. Uh, this this is told in the form of a story on NPR, not an op-ed, but in the form of a story. But basically what's going on is there were these public lands gas fields and there was uh, fracking and all of this kind of stuff. And now uh, it, they're not going to be able to do it anymore. But what's interesting is this actually affects an entire town. Um the town no longer has money. It was built around this. And that's just so interesting to me. You hear that about like car plants that close down and, and other things. Um, Ryan in the, um, excuse me, Ryan in the chat is saying, truth is if you're wealthy enough, nothing will stop you from getting an abortion. So when we talk about restricting abortion access, we're really talking about restricting it from poor people. And uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think that's an important thing to note, but at the same time, the people who really want an abortion are going to get one. And if they can't afford to do it because they don't have money, they're still going to find a way to do it. And that's a problem too. There's no good answer. Uh, Netflix has said that Bridgerton is its biggest series ever. Bridgerton. Have you watched this? Has anyone in the chat there watched it? I still haven't watched this, but I guess I'm going to have to now. It hit the number one spot in 83 different countries, United States, UK, India, France, and Brazil. 82 million households around the world are watching, watch the show in its first 28 days online, uh, which is even way beyond what Netflix predicted uh, it would do. So um, has it, have any of you, yeah, they're saying it, you're saying it's steamy ooh, and very good. And uh, don't I have... Don't I have one of these that I could play? Can you tell I'm mellowed out today? It's because it's later in the day and uh, I'm further away from the little bit of caffeine that I usually have in the morning. But nope, I can't find it. So I'll just... Uh... This is getting worse. I don't know if I'm going to be able to take this for 24 hours. Okay. Okay. Some, I have sad news. I have sad news. Somebody was just telling me that they want to swim uh, with manta rays. Who was that? I can't remember. But look, look at what look at what CNN does. Are you seeing this? Don't play games with me, CNN. Just let me read your headline. It's insulting to me. It's come on. It's ins it's insulting. The theater of the mind. 
Shark and ray populations have dropped 70% and are nearing a point of no return. That's the sad part. Some species of sharks and rays could disappear from our seas altogether after a sharp drop in their numbers due to overfishing in the past 50 years. Just 50 years. Um, shark and ray populations fell by 71.1% between 1970 and 2018. Here is a uh, quote from your friend and mine, Nick Dulvey, who says, knowing that this is a global figure, the findings are stark. He is a biologist at Simon Fraser University and co-author of the study. He says, if we don't do anything, it will be too late. It's much worse than other animal populations we've been looking at. Of all 31 species of oceanic sharks and rays, 24 are now threatened with extinction. That's most of them, man. Um, some of them are critically endangered, which is the highest category of being threatened. They, uh, Dolby says it's an incredible rate of decline, steeper than most elephant and rhino declines, and those animals are iconic in driving conservation efforts on land. And the thing is, we can see them. You can see an elephant, and it looks sweet, and it looks gentle and nice, even though they can stomp people if they want. You don't think of an elephant as stomping people. And rhinos are really cool, and you can see them. But you can't see the rays. You can't see the sharks, and we all think sharks are bad anyway, and most of us do. So we don't care about them as much as what is what Dolvia is sort of saying here. But what do we do about it? Well, what's causing it? They say human disturbances, climate change, placing pressure on the species. But the biggest threat is overfishing. Um, the, basically, that's increased 18 fold since 1970. So that's because a lot of the sharks were hunted for their fins, their gill plates, their liver oil, and they were so hunted that 63, between 63 and 273 million sharks were killed every year. And a lot of them are killed horribly where they would just, I'm going to tell you this, it's horrible. They would just cut their fins off and then the shark wouldn't be able to swim and it would just sink to the bottom where it suffocates because they have to be in move, moving to breathe with their gills. So think about that the next time that you want some shark fin soup. Speaking of uh, things that have nothing to do with sharks, a little bit of an update. Apple had its uh, quarterly uh, call where they broke their quarterly record with $111 billion USD in revenue. Can you believe that? It's not only an all-time high for Apple, but it's a growth of over 20% compared to previous years. They now have 111.4 billion in revenue in Q1 of 2021 during COVID. It's insane. Um, most of this is because the iPhone 12. It has nothing, not nothing, but very little to do with the M1 Max. It's This is all iPhone stuff. Uh, 65.6 billion USD in revenue. That's more than what the entire company was making just a few years ago. Can you believe that? Just on this. Uh, Greater China accounted for 21.3 billion, likely due to the demand for 5G-friendly smartphones, which they have there and we don't quite have set up here. Um, iPads did 8.44 billion. Apple services did 15.8 billion both new records, okay? And uh, Tim Cook comes out and says, we're gratified by the enthusiastic customer response to the unmatched line of cutting-edge products that we delivered across a historic holiday season. We're also focused on how we can help the communities we're a part of 
build back strongly and equitably through efforts like our racial equity and justice initiatives, as well as our multi-year commitment to invest $350 billion USD throughout the United States. All good stuff. But listen to those words. Build back strongly. Have you heard the phrase build back recently anywhere else? Do you think that there is anything at all coincidental about the use of the term build back in this statement? Think about it. All right. I've got another article for you here. Um, Oh, that's not even, that should be in the other section because it's about GameStop again. Okay. The Verge has an article here talking about global privacy control. And this is a new web standard that is being introduced. Global privacy control. They're saying that it is designed as a global opt-out, a general signal that users want as little data collection and sharing as possible. It says, in particular, the GPC, Global Privacy Control Standard, will let users signal that they don't want services to share their data with third-party data brokers, something that is outside the reach of most modern privacy tools. In other words, you can do things to block what kind of information is sent from your browser back to a server. You can block pop-ups. You can block ads. You can do all of that, uh, but um, you can't prevent the data that has already been collected or is still being collected from getting to these third-party companies that pay for it. Well, that's what this is supposed to do. So here's a quote from uh, um, Gabriel Weinberg, who I think is uh, great. And a good day to you, sir. He is the CEO of DuckDuckGo, which is a great browser, great search engine, great browser for your mobile device uh, that has really, really good privacy built into it. And it's, it's really great. And he says, when you go to a website right now, you don't know if they're selling data on the back end. But we're hoping that this signal will stop them from doing that because it will be legally binding. So I think this is great. Anything that gives us more privacy uh, is great. So I can't show you this next article because it is blocked. Um, okay, here you go. Facebook is building antitrust lawsuit against Apple over iOS 14 privacy features. Do you, can you believe this? Can you believe this? Listen to this. Uh, Facebook is reportedly planning to take its long-running battle with Apple to the courts. This is a report by The Information, which is a wonderful website, very worth the subscription. Uh, they're reporting that Facebook has been working with outside legal counsel to prepare an antitrust lawsuit against Apple, alleging the company abused its power in the smartphone market by forcing app developers to abide by app store rules that Apple's own apps don't have to follow. They're saying, in other words, you must eat your own dog food, Apple. If you're going to prevent apps from doing it that they're in your store, then your apps better not do it either. And so here is, uh, here is a quote from the article. It says, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is attempting to build a broad legal case arguing that Apple's rules for app developers, which force them to use Apple's in-app payment service, for instance, make it harder to compete against Apple in areas such as gaming, messaging, and shopping. Facebook's own lawsuit, if it materializes, is expected to focus in part on the most recent major update Apple made to its mobile operating system, iOS 14, which rolled out in September. Um, but they don't know if they're actually going to file it or not. <laughs> 
It says internally, Facebook employees have expressed skepticism over waging a high profile battle against Apple, according to four people familiar with the matter. Some employees are concerned that Facebook is not a compelling victim given the company's own legal issues and past mishandling of user data. That's not why. It's because everybody thinks Facebook is horrible. They think Facebook is horrible uh, because they're constantly doing stuff with our information and they're weird and they're stealing uh, you know, you log into it on your phone or in your browser. And even if you're not on the site and even if you say no, they're still collecting cookies and tracking you. And they're historically horrible about privacy. And Mark Zuckerberg, who may be a wonderful human being, I've never met him, comes across as like really a jerk sometimes. I don't, I don't know anything about that. That's just how he comes across sometimes. So don't take on Apple. People love Apple. Don't attack them. Why? First of all, you're going to lose. I mean, you're going to lose. But second of all, people like Apple too much. Apple's like your friend. You've got your home pod. You've got your little lady in your phone who answers your questions. You've got your phone. You get your iPad. You get your computers. Don't do that. You're going to look horrible. You're going to look like a villain. You're going to look like a villain. Villain. More GameStop articles? How many did I put in here? All right, in this last uh, article that I have for you today, uh, Gwendolyn Christie and Tom Sturridge will be starring in Neil Gaiman's Sandman series coming out on Netflix. Have you all read Sandman? Neil Gaiman's The Sandman? It is wonderful if you haven't read it. I'm, I'm due to read it again. Um, but uh, so Gwendolyn Christie is going to be Lucifer, ruler of hell. Tom Sturridge is Dream, the lord of the dreaming. Uh, there's also Boyd Holbrook, Charles Dance, Asim Chaudhry, Vivian Akimpong, and Sanjeev Baskar. Uh, really great cast. Here's a picture of the cast. This is going to be so cool. I can't wait for this thing to come out. Uh, it says, for the last 33 years, the Sandman characters have breathed and walked around and talked in my head. I'm unbelievably happy that now, finally, they get to step out of my head and into reality, Gaiman says of the casting news in a statement from Netflix. I can't wait until the people out there get to see uh, what we've been doing, what we've been seeing as Dream and the rest of them take flesh, and the flesh belongs to some of the finest actors out there. This is astonishing, and I'm so grateful to the actors and to all the Sandman collaborators, Netflix, Warner Brothers, DC, to Alan Heinberg and David Goyer and the legions of crafters and geniuses on the show for making the wildest of my all my dreams into reality. Can you imagine writing a comic book, first of all, seeing it become that popular, and then seeing it turned into something like this with these world-class actors in it on Netflix, that must be so amazing. I, I just love it. I can't wait for this. Uh, but there's more casting news to be revealed. Uh, they haven't announced everyone. and uh, But I, it doesn't say in this article when it's actually coming out. And of course, that's like the first thing that I think of when I read this is when. Give it to me. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, Andy says, watching American Gods right now, pretty good. I really like American Gods. I love that show. It's weird. It's dark. The acting is really good. The effects are pretty cool. The intro is crazy. Um, but I'll watch Al Swearingen in anything he's in. So uh, that's I'm, I'm a bit biased. Anyway, I think that's it. That's all I got for you today. If you want to submit links and news to me, I appreciate it. I'm yawning. I apologize. It's that time of day where you just... You just get a little bit tired. I don't know what's going on. That's why I do the show in the morning. 
Uh, but you can you can send those to me. Twitter is the best place to do that. Uh, I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. At Dan Benjamin. Follow me on Instagram. I do a lot of fun stuff on Instagram. I say that all the time, but I put clips and videos and and crazy stuff and stupid stuff and goofy stuff. And that's much more of a window into the stuff that I think about uh, than than Twitter is, that's for sure. So follow me there. Like and subscribe here, as many of you have done. And I can see most of you are watching on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. But keep liking and subscribing. When you like the video, it, it people forget to do that. They're like, I'm subscribed. I don't need to like. Uh, 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 uh. Liking still really helps. Uh, and I really appreciate it. And you know what? I'm going to ask you to do something I haven't really asked you to do. Whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, like the show there, rate the show there uh, as a podcast, especially if you're one of the five or six people that listen to it as a podcast, please go there and rate the show. It really does help spread the word about it. It's like the only way to spread the word about it on uh, as a podcast. Uh, so I appreciate those of dude. you who have done that. And uh, last but not least, support the show, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin, best place to help me out. Only if you want me to be able to afford to live and eat and eventually put my kids in college. If those things are not important to you and you're just here sort of like a like a, a leech or maybe a vampire bat to sort of suck the life out of me, that's fine. Don't go to Patreon. Do not visit patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Leeches and vampire bats, you don't need to do it. You guys are cool just as you are. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and I'll see you again tomorrow.